Blog Talk Radio. we like to say that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. And it does seem that each week we start with a pearl of the week and we basically have been continuing on and creating and adding to this beautiful, beautiful strand of pearls that we've been um, fortunate to have and to share with you all here on the Mama's Pearls radio show for the past year. We are now heading into our second year of the radio show and I'm just so excited about it. You know, we have a lot of different things that we're going to be exploring this year. Um, You know, and before we really get kick-started into it, we're going to be tapping in to one of our favorite favorite reoccurring guests here on the show, which is Kathy Pagano, who is um, a Jungian astrologer and a dream interpreter and um, an just a beautiful, beautiful soul who is also knowledgeable in all things that are archetypal as well as um, mythological. So, you know, I always love taking that added bit of symbolism into the daily interpretations of things. And um, this week's show is called Star Check, and the pearl of the week is just simple. It's upward and forward. And whenever I, I, <laughs> whenever I think of the stars... I think of my grandpa who used to always say, when staring up at the stars, be careful not to trip on your, over your feet. So I always use astrology kind of as a tool, as the same as any of the tools in the spiritual um, spiritual treasure chest that we've been sharing through throughout Mama's Pearls about you know what to take out to kind of help you get more clarity about who you are, where your blocks are, and you know and just different ways that you can move through move through life. And I apply this to myself and my own spiritual practice as well as towards my children um, and learning more about them and how to relate to them and connect with them and get them to understand. Um, last week's show was called Truth Serum. And Melissa was back for the first time um, in a while, and the pearl of the year is awaken and ground. And we got to touch base with Melissa. I don't know if Melissa's coming on today because if you live in New York, you know that we got dumped on again with, with another foot of snow. So um, Melissa being home with three kids, I, I mean, I, I'd be shocked if she comes if she comes on. But of course, if she does, we will totally welcome Melissa and my and M's gems to the show. My kids are all bundled up right now and are outside um, in the snow. So, But guaranteed at some point during this hour, they come storming in, stomping in their snow boots and, you know, probably want to peg me with a snowball, So, um, which I would absolutely most welcome, not the snowball part, but a chance to actually introduce you all to um, to my children. So last week in talking about True Serum was finding 
fighting, or let me back up one more thing, because 2011, from what I'm hearing from all different types of, of, of angles and from people, which is what I wanted Kathy to come on and help validate for us today, um, I did an, a year in meditation with Pauline Esposito, who lives in my town, and one of the things that she was saying that she's going to be an underlying theme for 2011 is that it's a year where we can really get clear and focus on our truth. And the more that we do that, the more good is going to manifest. So if you're like me, I want to know what that is as quickly and as effortlessly as possible. So when I have a mission like that, I do. I call in call in and dig deep in my, my spiritual tool chest to basically, you know, help that help me get closer to my truth. I mean I know who I am, but as far as manifesting um manifesting a life and a steady stream of, of abundance based on um my ultimate truth and doing what I love, you know, those were all my intentions for this year. So I want to get even more clear about it. Last week we kind of talked about um a little bit of a fun analogy and exercise, which is, you know, when you're starting the new year, you're starting fresh, and we're we're kind of midway into January, um, so like the New Year's talk may be getting a little bit stale, but January is such a prime a prime um, space to set intentions. You know, we're we're in the sign of Capricorn, which um, if you know about astrology, it is the sign of the architects of the Zodiac. Um, When we started our business at the Spiritual Cinema Circle, it was me, one Cancer, and the rest were all Capricorns because the Capricorns can get extremely grounded in putting all the pieces pieces in place of what actually needs to be done. Um and it and we we did. We took the spiritual cinema took off and you know 4 years later we we sold it to Gaim and it's still around and existing today. Um so, you know, so spending the time in January to really focus on doing your work, getting clear about what you want to set in in motion for this year is so is so just powerful as far as having and holding that space um and taking the time taking the time to do that you know you might say okay that's great i'm you know i have all these resolutions and how do i get started so last year we were, last week we were talking about um talking about Picturing like you were going through a supermarket, you have your empty cart in front of you, what are you going to fill it with? What are you going to fill your life with? What are you going to take off of the the aisles? When you're picturing the aisles, picture the aisles as representing a different part of yourself and of your life. So what are you going to take for you, yourself, and just your health and well-being? What are you going to take out, take or leave to help your kids? What are you going to take or leave to help your family? Um, I mean, in your workspace, what are you going to take or leave to fill in that miscellaneous area of yourself, your relationships, your friends? Um, so all those different parts of yourself you can see as, as big as a supermarket aisle as you want. If you live in the city, it's a small one. But picture yourself, you know, in a huge Walmart where you have endless, endless rows that comp- that that constitute yourself. And what I got hung a little hung up on was I've had a few opportunities recently to like introduce myself to people or where I had to 
give an introduction and state who I was. And it's like, how do I pack in all of Cynthia, all of who I am in 8 to 10 seconds or 30 seconds or a minute? You know, that's pretty hard. And what it, what we tend to do in our society is pigeonhole people based on their roles. So if you are like me, if you're a writer, if you're a lawyer, if you're um, a doctor, that's how people are going to be um, to be almost categorizing you in their mind about who you come to the forefront with. So I'm diving deeper this year and to kind of get to my my core truth and having that by the end of this year, hopefully I'll have some new new buzzwords which describe me. You know, again, my buzzwords for this year are still lawyer, writer, mommy, um, radio show hostess. Those are my those are my buzzwords. That if I'm introducing introducing somebody myself to somebody at a party and they're asking me what do I do, you know, who am I? That's kind of my my laundry list. Then you go, okay, where do you live? Where do you where do you grow up? Blah 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 blah. Um, but to get deeper into who you are takes takes more space, takes more knowing, takes more more confidence, takes more trust. Um, and I find a lot of people they almost don't trust their true nature as much as they would trust other people's interpretation of who they are and who they should be. Um, and if you you might be one of those people as, as well as so seeing that who you are may be limited by what you have. Oh, I only have so much money, so I can't do this. I only have, you know, so much money, so I can't do that. And if that whole that whole mentality might be blocking you from from really really kind of stepping into the next space of who you are. Now, money definitely goes a long way, but there are, there are so many other ways to get to um, manifesting a reality for you that doesn't involve money. Um, and I talk about this a lot with pretty much all my clients and, and my close friends is that, you know, you need to be content no matter on what end of the spectrum you you are at. Whether you have $10 in your pocket, $1,000, $100,000 in the bank, a million dollars, $5 million, a billion dollars. You can have as little or as much on being either end of the on the spectrum and be the happiest person on the planet or be the most miserable person on the planet. And I found that you need to be happy no matter which way. And it's not just happy. It's being content with who you are. Your real only home is the body that you that you inhabit, and we still only do that for a short time. So, um, so as you're getting to know this space, as you're getting to know um, your surroundings, how can we take it deeper? And how can we take it deeper with keeping my grandpa's pearl in mind about, you know, you can look out into the ethers, into the stars, and set the, the biggest, grandest vision for yourself, but you still can't trip over your feet, which means you still have to be grounded. You still have to have a step-by-step um, you know, or take your, your, take your path step-by-step. You still have to walk it in order to get to the stars. So as we're going to do our start check, which is the title and theme of this week's of this week's show and blog here on Mama's Pearls, we are now going to. Oh, she just hung up. Kathy was on and she just hung up. So I'm just going to wait for her to to come back on and bring her in, so we can go a little bit deeper and see see 
what is also out there and in literally in the stars for us. You know, I find that the other grand, great thing about the Grand Master Plan is ti- is timing. And if you do not have um, if you do not do not have good timing, you might be putting something out there at a time where it's not going to be received. So, Kathy, are are you now with us? Yes, I am. I was listening to you on the um, Internet, and there was a disconnect in terms of it was two different, it seems to have been two different um, time streams, which is interesting. (laughs) There were two different time streams? Well, not time streams, but I was hearing just something different on the phone than what I was hearing from the Internet. Oh, yeah, it it is a little bit delayed when you listen live on, on the phone. Um, yes. And just if anybody wants to call in and ask a personal question about their what's up for your sign or just to talk with us, you can call in at 347-327-9450. But, yeah, I think it's a, it's like a two-second delay when you're listening on the Internet than when you're listening live on the phone. So, yeah, it can be confusing. Welcome. Hello. Happy New Year. Hello. Happy New Year. Welcome back to the show. I was, What's um, happening I was, for you? Um, well, you know, the new beginnings, new beginnings. But I was intrigued to hear you talking about different calendars and um, oh, yeah, different ways week, right. track, you know, the year. And, um, mm-hmm. and. You know, one of the most natural ways to track it, you know, we, we in our Western society, which is very male-oriented, we do have the, you know, this idea that everything is moving forward, and of course it is. But then you have the earth cycles, then you begin um, the wheel of the year with um, winter solstice and then go through um, Candlemas or Invulc and spring equinox and Beltane. So you have these markers along the wheel of the year that are another way to... to um, Understand how we go through a year and progress. Right. So I right. just found and, that. And, and just to back up, yeah, and just to back up, uh, Kathy is referring to the conversation we had last week on the on the show True Serum, which was oh, um, okay. You know, talk, yeah, that was actually last week that we were talking about. Um, the different calendars that are in place. You know, Melissa was saying, well, my year basically begins and ends with the school year from, from September to June, and that's her year. Um, and then there's summer, you know, but there there's the Jewish calendar. There's the, the Roman calendar. There are all these different ways, and people are, are on different years, but we've kind of, you know, accepted the fact that 2011, you know, is the year that we're all we're all simultaneously tracking and and living. Um, yes. You know. So yeah, yes. that 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 was that was super super interesting because that okay, that well, was inspired that's what my I trip was to the to on the radio. You know. On your, I must have hit the wrong button because that's what I, I thought I was <laughs> listening to your. Today, you were probably, you were probably listening to last week. Yeah, you were probably because when you go on Blog Talk Radio and you hit Mama's Pearls, like it automatically starts playing like the last re- most recent show. So what? Okay. But it should have been coming up if you were tuning in, you know, now live. It should be coming up just the live show. That's what yeah. should have been playing. So you know, who knows? Okay, well but, that's my if you only get like that one window. Yeah, I mean you you and me both. My my husband finally got like a headset and he's all excited. He's like, You can use it for the show. Guess what? I'm still on my, my long cord phone <laughs> phone right now. So um, okay. you know, bit well, by bit. Okay. 
we weren't brought up with technology like our younger youngsters are, and so um, we're still, you know, feeling our way into all the new things. Whereas I think the the children just sort of something new comes along and they and they relate to it right away. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how it just attunes. So tell me a little bit about what's in the stars for this year and what's what can we what can we expect? Well, a lot of big changes. You know, people are looking forward and thinking about 2012 as if um oh, you right. know, some <laughs> radical change is going to happen instantaneously and let me tell you if Well, it no, does, I I think I think it's more like really I think it's trouble. more like all right, if we have yeah, I think it's it's more like if we have one if we have one year left to live and 2012 is the apocalypse, what should we be doing with this year? So, you know, a little help. Right. Well, first of all, it's not going to happen that way, and you don't want it to happen that way. As a matter of fact, um, people who are really studying 2012 said that it really began in 1998, um, and it's the whole idea that we're that we're aligning with the galactic center, and it's been happening. So, um, but this year is really important astrologically because of a few things. First of all, just to quickly, you know, help people understand who don't understand astrology is astrology is really a science and an art, and um, which connects us to everything. And I just read in, um, I think it was early December, that scientists at the um, at Vanderbilt University were doing a study of. Um, of how rat, of how mice, but that's how they all begin their studies, are affected by the time of year they're born and the time of day. So basically, they're beginning to you know to study the effects of astrology, and basically the the outcome was that that um, that these animals that are born um, during the winter are very different from animals born in the spring, summer, or fall. That if you, there's a measurable difference in how our brains function. So that's just a little aside to people who are still, you know, sort of on the fence about, yeah, right, astrology. Um, science is beginning to, um, in, in ways that they don't talk in terms of, oh, we're proving astrology, but they're beginning to understand that we are all connected and the planets and the sun and the moon do affect us. So what's happening in 2011 is it's the setup, um, first of all, in terms of what's coming in the next five years. Back in the 60s, two planets came together, Uranus and um, Pluto, in um, in the sign of Virgo. And, and Uranus is awakening and revolution, and Pluto is evolution and change. And, except, wait, except you have to say a word about Pluto. Okay, because Pluto, Pluto okay. is Pluto. no longer, but it's no longer recognized as a planet. Yeah, yeah, I know. But once again, that's science saying, <laughs> you know, this is how we're going to decide things. Right now, there's a whole other, you know, the asteroid belt, which is between Mars and Jupiter, has a, um, a big, a big giant asteroid called Ceres, and that's called the dwarf planet now, just like Pluto. And many people believe that although that asteroid belt was once a planet that broke up. And so um, whatever we call it, the mythological or archetypal energy of Pluto is death and rebirth. And we can see it, how it's operating. 
Pluto changed signs. It went from Sagittarius into Capricorn back in November of 2008. Practically the week that the Lehman Brothers fell and the beginning of all our financial woes, if you will. Pluto going into Capricorn, Capricorn rules finances. It rules government. It rules the collective structure. So when Pluto enters the sign and works its way through it, it says, Let's pull up the muck. Let's pull up what's dead so everybody can agree that this is dead because it really needs to be renovated. It really needs rebirth. But first you have to see what's dead and what isn't working. And for the last two years, we've certainly seen that, haven't we? A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. I mean, there's so much that's that's been almost overturned or churned over in the last, you know, in the last two years with the the new president, with the financial crisis and the economy tailspin, the BP oil spill. I mean, there's been a lot of huge, huge, you know, in-your-face stuff that's been, you know, very hard to, it's hard to ignore. That's right. You know, and and really, we're at this this Thank you, Pluto. (laughs) Yeah. We're at this most important juncture where we have to look at our society and say, just because we can invent it, do we need it? um, What's more important, life or profit? Um, What's more important, the earth um, being alive and healthy so that our children's children to seven generations have something to work on or making more stuff, if you will, (laughs) So, yeah, know, I, I don't know if people point. have transitioned out. Yeah, I don't think people have transitioned out of the the stuff yet because, you know, the the, the reality is for for most of society is that we need stuff in order to give people jobs so they can do something every day and make money and bring home the bacon. So right. until that that other paradigm shifts of what else can we do that still puts food on the table and keeps a roof over our houses, um, you know, people are still going to go out there to try and make a killing off of inventing Post-its or, you know, or Spanx or something else. Right. But you see, that's the transition we're in, and that's the transition that this cycle is talking about. See, the other thing about time is that is time linear or is it cyclical or is it both? And astrology talks to cyclical time, if you will. And Mm -hmm. so to go back to the 60s once again, those two energies were saying, look, we need to find a different way to work. We need to find a different way to be healthy. We need to find a different way to... um, to understand what the earth is for us and how we need to um, honor it. So in the beginning, in the beginning of a cycle, it's like a new birth, and I think that's why the 60s were kind of messy, if you will, (laughs) because it was like, yippee, look at this, this is great. Let's, you know, love, make love, not war, all of those um, great um, slogans that we had back then. But now that cycle has changed, and now they're in a, those two planets are in a 90-degree angle to each other, which is called a square in astrology, and it's a challenge now. Now we're challenged to bring those principles that um, the 60s sort of brought forth and bring it more into the collective structures that we have. And so that's the first big astrological event. It's starting to come into play. So how do we bring this new awakening into... Um, into a sense, into our collective structures. Because now instead of those two planets being in the planet Virgo where they began, 
Now Pluto is in Capricorn, so that's about how do we change our government, our social structure. And first of all, you have to realize that this takes a long time. So Pluto's going to be in Capricorn until 2024. So, and then for the next three, next five years, you know, these two planets are going to be squaring each other, challenging each other. So, all right, it's going to now, be a now, while. now you're starting to sound like, yeah, now you're starting to sound like Congress, where they're like, oh yeah, big changes, but it's not for another 50 years. <laughs> like, well, what can is, we be doing now? Now, well, that's the thing. We, it's about us stepping up to the plate now. So um, uh, I'm just giving you that that longer view because it's not about, you see, Americans especially, we want instantaneous things. And it's, and, but adults know, grown up mature adults know that that's that's (laughs) not the way things happen. (laughs) Um, We know that. Most most of us grown up adults know. Pardon me? I said most of us grown up adults know. You know, others impatient like me, I want it I want it done yesterday. I know. But, but I understand honey, that but... it like most other people, it is a process and you know, in this kind of thing where you're talking about um kind of like the overarching theme for our society is okay. That's great that society is going to have this big awakening and it's going to take um, 11, 13 years to basically cycle itself out. But what can I be doing, on, you know, just in, in my little little cocoon of a world to um, help that transition or to kind of be in front of the wave? Right. Well, for the last year, as I, there's so many things that, that go on in astrology, but for the last 18 months, the destiny points that we call the north and south node of the moon have been trying to make us grow up. They've been, the north node's been in Capricorn, which is in its best manifestation is be responsible, be a grown-up, mature human being, and add something to the collective structure that's positive. So add your gift. Right. And get over the, the need to be needy and to feel like you can't do it. Get over any emotional um, childishness, if you will. So we've been being prepared this year to to step up to the plate. Now, the big things that are happening is three planets are moving into different signs. When transits are about change, it's about changing energy. And so Jupiter and Uranus, Jupiter, the planet of expansion and curiosity and good luck, if you will, um, is moving into Aries in um, January. And um, Uranus, the planet of awakening and new identity, is moving into Aries in March. And so we have this this call, this um, cosmic call for us to step up to the plate and assume our new identities, if you will. And so, Cynthia, how, you know, you, you know as a mother that children play around with their identities, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Even you know, adults. when kids are little, and, and, and adults, but kids do it, and they do it in a playful way, don't they? Right. Today yeah, they I'm a pirate, in a playful I'm a Leia. Right, exactly. Exactly. They, 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 they think they, in mythic terms. Right. Right, and they're also kind of like... Um, well, my kids are a little bit young to play, like the what do you want to be when you grow up, but Colby was saying for a while that he wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. You know, so that kind of stuff. Like, you know, and that's right. a whole other identity right. to him than just being my delicious son and, you know, 
being a little schoolboy because he goes off to school every day and you know all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they they you know and it was like what I was saying in the beginning, which <laughs> you heard the wrong show, but um, but in the beginning about like trying to get to the truth of who we all are and yes. how does that manifest in terms of how you explain t- yourself to other or what you show others like what are your buzzwords you know yes. for me yes. i would place probably different identities on my son and even he would come in and, and say if i said who are you although he's pretty rigid he'll probably just say his name well i'm colby <laughs> <laughs> and if I try and be like, well, you're this, I'm like, no, 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 I'm Colby, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, but he's super, super playful though, as far as um, mapping out like what he's doing. And I, I'm, you know, he, they're now into Scooby Doo, so now I'm playing like Scooby Doo and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, like that, we need, you know, as adults, it, we're in this in this strange sort of paradox because we have to be grown up and, and adult and mature. That's one of the calls. But at the same time, when these two planets move into the first sign of the zodiac, Aries, it's about new beginnings. And we and it's not about us saying, well, I'm going to be a better executive or I'm going to be a better mom. It's a call to What's your, what I would call your archetypal identity? What is your archetypal calling? As a Jungian therapist, we work a lot with what Carl Jung called archetypes. They're sort of the patterns or instincts that make us human, and they're big things like being a warrior or being a teacher or being a healer or being the great mother, okay, not just the nine-to-five mother, um, you know, or being um, the te- you know the teacher or the bard, the storyteller, or the lawgiver, or the king. These are big, big energies. But um, but we need to take we need to step into some of those archetypal stories and say, who am I really? What are my real gifts? Not just how can I go out and make money. Um, but what are my what's my deep soulful calling? Because our country, our world needs us to acknowledge that. We each have a gift. We each have a talent that we need to add to the pot so that we can nurture our children and our world. And that's really the big change this year. That's what we're being called on to do. You know, that's what your your friend, I'm sorry, I forget her name, um, that you were talking about last week that I was listening on the show, obviously, (laughs) is talking about we have to find our truest selves. Right, Pauline. and you begin but by this is being also, playful. Yeah, well, this, yeah, and I I love that as a um, as a practice for people to you know because we're talking about okay, so what do we have in our spiritual tool chest that I can go in to get to these deeper truths that can take me on these deeper levels? And one of the 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 most innocent ways to do it is to be playful. Is to kind of close your eyes and say, okay. Who do I picture myself as? You know, and, and when the busyness comes in of who you are and what you're doing day to day, say no. You know, just put that aside, and let whatever any image come into mind of, you know, who are you happiest as? And this is really tying in actually to a show that we did um, in 2010 in June with um, Jeffrey Gitterman, and that show was called Jungle Gym, but his book is Beyond Success. And it's basically taking a look at and going through some pillars for yourself about the practices that you can do so where you can 
um, get to a point where my affirmation for this year, which Masha gave to me, is coming true, which is to develop a steady stream of abundance from doing what you love. So I think, you know, that is the core calling that I'm that I'm hearing kind of blown in my ears like trumpets <laughs> from every person I, I'm speaking to. Like that is the cosmic call for the year is, you know, you're being asked by like Absalon and Alice in Wonderland, which parenthetically I've been watching every day with my daughter, but, you know, the who are you? you know, the, yes. The who are you? Who yes. are you? And who you are see, you? Um, the, the other big thing that's happening this year is the planet Neptune is going to move from Aquarius into Pisces, which it rules. And Pisces is the ocean of the collective unconscious. Neptune is our imagination and our spirituality. And so it's, it, it, and then that's going to be in Pisces for the next 14 years. So a lot of imagination comes into play, and I don't mean to get too feminist on everyone, but this is, this is really a call <laughs> to Kathy awaken. But Kathy can't help herself, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is a call to awaken our feminine powers of imagination, of connectedness. We are all one of um, of spirituality. Of uh, There was another um, interesting thing I read just the other day that in one of the big scientific journals, they're publishing a, a study on psychic powers, which, of course, the scientists are up in arms about. Um, but it, But it's about... Trusting our intuition more, trusting our imagination more, trusting our feelings more, rather than having to live out only that rational side. The balance is trust your heart and let your head take you where it needs to go, rather than crush your heart because your head's telling you you can't go there. It's like when I was growing up in the 50s and 60s, you know, parents said, oh, you're such a good dancer, you're such a good artist, but you won't make enough money doing that, so go into computers. Exactly. Well, no, but that's exactly right. That's why, you know, with finding that content, whether you – no matter what end of the spectrum, whether you have five dollars in your pocket or five billion dollars in your pocket, if you're making that money from doing, you know, you might be happy that you have money, but deep down, there's going to be something lacking. There's going to be a feeling of miscontent, and I and I know people on all ends of the financial spectrum, and the ones that are the happiest are the ones that are doing love. Um, and I totally, totally believe that, that trust your heart and let it take you where you where you need to go. I think that is, you know, one of the most beautiful, um, most beautiful gems. And gems! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I have to do that. I have to do that for <laughs> Melissa. But I think that's one of the most beautiful um, gems that people can practice this year and, and learn to trust your heart, learn to trust your intuition. If you've been burying it and just kind of blocking it in the hopes that one day I will make enough money, and I hear this all the time with people I talk to, I just want to make enough money and then I'll do what I love. You know, right. why can't we fuse the two and do what we love and make money and have a steady stream of abundance, you know? Right. Why do they always seem to be separate? Either and, or. You know, right. Well, part exactly. of it is we live in an either or mentality, which is very left brain. Once again, masculine. And um, but the feminine <laughs> says this and that. The feminine, right. the right brain says we can do it all. 
it's the old Joseph a, Campbell follow yeah. your bliss. You know? No, it's and the time, it's the woman in the in a shoe store saying, No, I'm gonna buy both those shoes. <laughs> Not just one <laughs> or the other. And you know what? And give me give me them in both the colors because they're the most comfortable pairs of shoes and they look hot. <laughs> right. That's the female brain. Right. It is. And the thing is it's like moonlight, you know, in the sunlight, which has been symbolically associated with masculine, you know, focus. Um, things are black or white. They are light or shadow. But in the moonlight, which has been associated with feminine consciousness, things blend and merge and trees become giants and boulders become trolls. And, you know, we need to begin to understand that more feminine consciousness instead of being afraid of it. Um, so anyway, though, to go on, so with this year, with these energies changing, Neptune going into the last sign of the zodiac, which it owns, Neptune as the god of the sea and, and Pisces as the sign of the ocean, the collective unconscious where we all come from, and then um, Jupiter and um, Uranus going into Aries, a bold new approach to life. It's saying take that bold approach, but dream, be a dreamer, and um, and you know, imagine who you might be or what you're interested in. I think one of the big things that all of us maybe need to learn is uh, the other archetype that really will stand out is the whole idea of being a craftsman once again. You know, we all depend so much on our machines. And, and you know, how many of us know how to um, can food or even grow food? How many of us know how to... Um, weave or or knit or sew some of those old um, those old crafts that especially were very feminine about how do we sustain life. Maybe some of those things right. need to come back into play too. We don't know um, what the what what the world will bring us in the coming years, but why not be be creative in ourselves and out of that creativity, maybe we'll find our path. Right, right. There, there is, there does seem to be a huge disconnect. I mean, you know, even just in my analogy, I see the flaw of starting your year like you're in a supermarket, and um, and that's where you're getting your your gifts, and in our case, our foods. You know, I plant, we plant an herb garden here at the house, but now it's snowed under. So literally, right. you know, everything that we're that we're eating, that my kids are eating, I'm buying from the store. And my kids have that sense of, um, you know, when they need something, they run out of something, oh, we're going to go to the store and buy it. And yes, am I grateful that we have five supermarkets in my area and I can pick and choose and, you know, it's an abundant and plethora of choices. Like Melissa said, there's like 20 types of mustards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, however, there is a disconnect as to the understanding of where that all really comes from. And I think we are starting to pay more attention, especially as holistic nutrition comes to the forefront, um, you know, more to the forefront about, okay, where is where really is our food coming from and, and how healthy is it? So, And I, I see that kind of happening across the board. Also, think about it, um, Cynthia. Where do our clothes come from? Um, where right. does where does a lot of things come from? I don't know if you have talked about or seen um, the story of stuff. It's on the internet a lot. Um, it's been there now for a couple of years, but um, 
and unfortunately, I don't remember the woman's name who does it, but it's a little 15, 20-minute um, cartoon little movie about right. how all the stuff that we consume, the cost of all that consuming, and then also that it ends up in the garbage dump six months later. And um, right. part of it is, is, you know, this whole transformation we're going through is to – we need a different mindset about how we live in the world and how we relate to nature and the world. And so um, this year is a big year for us to begin to understand not only what gifts and talents we can bring into the world, but also about how we live in this world. And um, you were talking about, well, we don't want to look down the road like a politician and say, yes, change isn't going to come for another <laughs> 20 years. Right. Um, and, but the thing is, in reality, it is going to take quite a long time for us to create that perfect paradise world that all of, a lot of us imagine. It's not going to happen overnight. Corporations aren't going to give up their power. You know, we aren't going to heal the earth next week. Look at the golf. It's going to take years. But right. in our minds, we have to begin to imagine differently how each of us relate to the world and tread lightly on it. And that's why, to me, the idea of learning a craft is really wonderful because in the future we have to learn to, you know, to work together on different things. Perhaps, who knows, with the oil and with the gasoline running out um, or costing so much money, perhaps each section of the country will start to make its own clothes again rather than going, oh, well, let's ship it in from China where labor is cheap. Maybe we need to say, well, let's create clothes in New England or in New York State that people in this area will buy because we won't have to ship it so far away. Um, let's create right. jewelry and here in New England rather than getting it from China or wherever. Um, you know, we don't know what the future will bring. We we want it to be positive, but the only way we can make sure it is positive is if we are playful in our imaginations and start to find our talents. Can we do a, because um, I can talk about just that little subset for probably an hour as far as, you know, what that America, and we're just basically trained to be more of a service country. I mean, there is definitely a, a bigger boom now in, in manufacturing that is happening and you know there are more local local homegrown businesses that are you know using local resources and you know there there is definitely a shift and a movement happening um you know and one of the interesting things that I I've learned in talking to a lot of different nonprofits when they actually go out and seek to educate an area one of the first things that they teach is a is a is a craft. Usually it's like making jewelry or making hand baskets, and you see those things also sold at Whole Foods. Um, and that's a direct way to create something that somebody else will, you know, create more stuff for other people, you know, to buy, but it goes right back to serve the community. But what, yeah. what I think I would like to spend, you know, the next 15 minutes of the show is kind of doing a snapshot for each sign. Like what, yes. I don't know if we have time to cover it, but like a quick kind of snapshot for each sign and kind of what what is going to help, you know, each person who's listening under under each sign get closer to their truth. <laughs> You're looking through the charts. Like, okay, got to find it. Got. <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, but if we can the, do... the whole thing is that, that first you have to see the bigger context. And then you yeah. can understand no, where each that sign was, comes. That was definitely the right... 
Right. That was definitely the right the right place to start as far as giving giving the overview for what is the call of the cosmic call of this year and I think I think we've answered that. So, let's um let's let's try and help people go a little bit deeper into their their own their okay. own space. Well, you know, so first of all, we have um we have Aries. That's you know the Aries are the pioneers of the zodiac. They'll go out and find new things. But all of us have Aries in our chart. And just because your sun isn't in Aries doesn't mean that your moon might not be there. And your moon is your personality, and it's how you're most comfortable, and it's how you act on things. Or your ascendant, which is what comes up over the horizon at the moment of your birth, so it gives you your outlook or your interface with the world, or any other number of planets out of the ten might be in Aries. So everybody has Aries in their chart. And the call to Aries, once again, this year is, you know, let's open up and um, figure out who we are. But in relationship to our society, you have to understand that all these planets and, and energies are, you know, interconnected. And this last year, a lot of energy is focused, and in this coming year, is focused around what we call the cardinal signs, and that's Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. So any of you people that have um, any energies in those four signs, okay, and those relate to winter solstice, spring equinox, summer solstice, fall equinox, they're beginning signs. And so it's a call to new beginnings. And so Aries are being called to find their new identity. And that's something Aries are good at. They're always, you know, one of the things with Aries is they always say, you know, I can start projects but never finish them. And that's one of the lessons of Aries is you might not have to finish them. Go out and explore until you find your right, the right place that you need to be. And um, and so Aries this year are going to be very energized. They're going to be kind of full of themselves. But it's all about finding a new identity. Now, Tauruses are really about how do we ground that? What do we build out of that new identity? And um, by... by um, by around May or June, Jupiter is going to zoom through Aries and go into Taurus. So there's going to be a lot of fulfillment. People, there's, you know, people who are really in touch with um, that urge to find a new identity, by the middle of the summer, they're going to feel like, okay, maybe I'm getting this. And then by the end of the year, really feeling solid about it. Um, the thing with Geminis is that this year um, – this year is going to be a call for them to get over, you know, being so good at so many things that they really don't know anything. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> Explain a little bit more, please. Okay. Well, you see, Gemini is all about information. It's like the Internet, okay? Geminis are very versatile. They love to learn things, and they love to talk and communicate and teach and tell stories, all of those Gemini wonderful traits. But one of the things about Geminis is they skim the surface often, okay? They know a little bit about a lot of things. And this year, the um, I don't know, you know, to go back to it, there's so much in astrology. 
what's the destiny energy, okay, is called the lunar nodes, the north and south node of the moon. And these move backwards in the zodiac. So right now, the north and south node of the moon is in Capricorn and Cancer. I mentioned it earlier. The north node is our new destiny. The south node is what we have to leave behind. And, and so I was saying that we need to become more responsible and mature and understand that we have something to offer to our society and leave go of the fears and the old emotional patterns of I'm not good enough or whatever it is that holds us back. Well, in the next few months, that's going to shift into Sagittarius, the north node, and, and the south node is going to go into Gemini. And so it's uh, that, and for the next year and a half, that's going to be there. And so Gemini is, you know, we have to leave that Gemini, oh, we have information um, behind us and go into the deeper meaning, which is Sagittarius, of well, what does all the information mean? So Geminis themselves are going to have to realize that. Um, it's not enough for them to know a lot about, yeah, a little bit about a lot of things. They're going to have to understand why they have that information, what that knowledge means. So you might find Gemini's settling down a bit. Right. Okay. Yeah, that um, would be and a not big being feat. so scattered. Pardon me. Okay. I said that would be a big feat. I I happen to know, like, a a lot of – my son's a Gemini, first of all, um, and I have a Gemini moon, you know, so I get that that energy really well. And a lot of my really close friends are Geminis, and, yeah, they're just, like, you know, super brilliant, super busy, doing a million things. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, hearing them settling down would be a, a nice big feat. Right. My best friend is a Gemini, and she we used to call her the traveling therapist. She would drive from Rhode Island to Maine to New Hampshire. I mean, she was always on the move. And it can be exhausting, you know, because Gemini is, the, is ruled by Mercury, the messenger of the gods. You think you have to travel right. all the time. <laughs> And sometimes it, you, you need to go in, and this is, and in the next year and a half, it's going to be a call to, not you know, know why you have this information and turn it into wisdom, turn it into truth. Okay. And the eclipses mm-hmm. this year will be, you know, we had an, a solar eclipse right after um, New Year's on the fourth. We had a solar eclipse in Capricorn, one of the last ones that are going to be in Capricorn. There's going to be one more in Cancer in July. But after that, all of the eclipses are going to be in Gemini and in Sagittarius. And eclipses mark really super powerful new moons, so new beginnings, and full moons, endings. So there's going to be a lot of endings for Geminis. You know, Geminis are going to be called on to end the way they've been doing things in the past and come back to a little bit more settled. What knowledge do we need? I think it's a way to say, you know, just because you can think it doesn't mean it's important or just because you can invent it doesn't mean we need it. (laughs) So a little bit more discriminating, if you will. Got it. Okay. Now, cancer is interesting. (laughs) Cancer is is about our emotional body. We often talk about it as the sign of the mother um, and mothering. But, you know, our mothers are the ones who help us develop our emotional body. So on a psychological level, cancer is really about what what are we feeling and and how do we um, work with that. 
and cancer is sort of like an empty space in this intense battle between um between Aries, between the the energies in Aries and the energies in Capricorn and and Saturn is in Libra, so the energies in Libra there, and so Cancer is the sign that sort of is going to catch all of that energy and that tension. And what we have to do is understand Cancers have to begin to understand what they're feeling and and be able to discriminate between. Who do I have to nurture and take care of, and who's all right, and who and who can I just leave? So, as a parent, a cancer parent, we're very attuned to the needs of our children, but at certain stages, children don't need us to be there to catch them. Sometimes kids need to fall because they have to learn to get up again, right? And so, as right. we, as parents, you need to be able to discriminate between when they need you and when they don't. And that goes for anybody in your life. Cancers are very um, psychic. They pick up on people's feelings. And um, and the immediate reaction, because it's an action-oriented sign, is to go take care of that. And I think cancers are going to get overloaded if they don't begin to discriminate who needs them and who doesn't really need them. Interesting. Okay. So dis- discrimination seems to be uh, seems to be another buzzword for for this year. Yes. As far as the cosmic all, as you know, as far as what you're putting putting your energies towards to manifest, is it really you know worth it in the sense of does society need it, and is it going to um, be in line with your own self, with your own yes. true self? Yes. Now, Leo's, you know, once again, they, you know, not a lot of energy happening there except um, as as the opposition from Neptune because Neptune's still in Aquarius, which is opposite Leo. So basically, Leo's just have to remember that any time they create something, it can't be just for themselves. It has to be important. You know, if you're going to write a movie or write a book or create music, it's really, you know, it, it, that calls up the archetype once again of the bard or the actor or the storyteller, and it's who are you telling the story to. And so Leos have to get out of their own way and know that their creativity is for everybody. You know, Virgo, okay. um, Virgo once again is, um, is about service. And there's been a lot of energy concentrated in Virgo for the past few years. And so hopefully people have gotten to know who they are because the biggest, the first step on the quest of any kind of growth is to know yourself. And Virgo is really the sign in which we know ourselves. So they're off the hot seat. They've been on the hot seat for the last um, two or three years. And now they're kind (laughs) of off. So. So basically it's about, you know, what work do you want to do and how do you want to be of service? So the word goes to that. Now Libras are under a lot of pressure because right now the planet Saturn is in Libra. Asking us how Oh, great. Do we, you're going to start tweaking my sister out. Yes. <laughs> how do we be fair and balanced? Okay. And it's about um, in our relationships. Libra is the sign of how we relate to others. And I always say to Libras, you're some of the most unbalanced people I know because you always want to be on the other person's side. But it's like being on a seesaw. If both of you sit on one side of the seesaw, you're not going to move. Nothing's going to move. So (laughs) it's about knowing who you are and having your own standpoint and yet being able to see the other 
clearly well, and give them I, an opening. Yeah, I also find with with me and like my sister, like you know, because they see both sides of the story so well, like they can't make up their minds. Right. So I always tell Libra, figure out what you want. If you're going to go, you know, back, uh, you know, I used to, for a while I had quite a few Libras, and and, the, and their big thing was whatever. This was back maybe in the 90s when whatever was the big thing. Now it is it is what it is. You know, that's the catch word now. But <laughs> then it was whatever, and I would say, look, if I'm inviting you out to lunch and I say, where do you want to eat, and you go wherever, why do I need you with me? Okay, why do I need you in this decision? You need to make your own decision, and then you need to ask the other person, what do you want? And if it's different, negotiate. So right now, Saturn, wherever Saturn, whatever sign Saturn's in, it says, please pay attention to this. This is where you need to um, be a little bit more disciplined, okay? You need to be a little bit more focused. And so all, everybody's focus this year and for the next year yeah. is going to be on how do I stay balanced with the people I'm with? How can I be diplomatic? How can I be fair? And it's really about justice, too. And so Libras themselves are going to have to learn that balance and not be wishy-washy. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, Scorpio is Scorpio. They're always going to be Scorpio. Nobody's going to throw them hey, off the Hey, hey. <laughs> gentle, no, gentle. Scorpio, Scorpio is, is the most powerful sign of the Zodiac because it's Thank the place you. where we battle old that's emotional much, wounds. That's much better. That's yeah. much better. Well, Most powerful sign that I can deal with. It. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody hasn't picked up yet, I am a Scorpio. <laughs> yeah, she's a Scorpio. We love her. And um, Scorpio <laughs> is where you battle your demons, your emotional demons. A Scorpio is like you come in, if you believe in past lives, you come into this lifetime and you go, okay, my um, emotional baggage is full. I need to flush it down the toilet and get rid of it. And before you can, you have to examine all of the shit, excuse me, but all of the stuff in there. And um, and sometimes you don't want to get rid of it. It's like holding on to resentment or holding on to anger or holding on to violence. And Scorpios come in and say, nope, this isn't appropriate anymore. How do I let go of it? And that's what makes you so powerful, all of you. You have intense passions. And um, so Scorpio this year is very much going to be about how do I <laughs> thank, change thank, my inner to our, um, Right, thanks to our non-planet, planet Pluto, right. Yes. Of cat holding that bag, yeah. Well, you see, it is a planet. They're calling it a dwarf planet. Uh, they got to stop messing okay. with my planet. I mean, really. <laughs> it's just not fair. You know what? It's you just, just don't mess powerful. with the Scorpio's planet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just as powerful. <laughs> it's just just because some a group of men no, but, decide to but, rename but you know something. What? Well, here, but here's the thing of the effects. Like, you know, when I'm buying my kids puzzles now that have the solar system on it, Pluto's not on it. Oh, You know really? what I mean? Like, when yes, when we were at the Museum of Natural History a couple of weeks ago and in the planetarium and they were identifying the stars in relation to the planets, Pluto was not there. And they talked about how Pluto is no longer a planet. Like, Pluto has been booted off the map, booted <laughs> off the island. You know, Pluto is nowhere to be found. My kids are not going to know from Pluto except from Disney. You know, like, that's yeah. the only Pluto that they're going to know. 
Like that's well, weird. That's a that. whole readaptation that we have to do in terms of like, you know, parental understanding and teaching to to their kids, a generational right. uh, teaching. Well, listen though. Listen, to, just let's look back at that in my back in my day. Yeah, back in my right. day when Pluto was a planet. You know, but look at it archetypally. If you're listening live, we're going to we're going to cut off live, and you're going to have to go back and listen to the rest of the archives because we're going to continue until we finish uh, finish the round of zodiac. So continue. Go ahead. Okay. Well, look at it archetypally, though. Pluto represents death and rebirth. Our culture does yeah, not. Yeah. So they killed off my planet. Death. But they don't, we don't, we're afraid of death. Everybody wants to be immortal. You know, as we get older, baby boomers don't want to step into the, the wisdom aspect of life and then walk into death when it's appropriate. I have a brother who, who tells me he's going to live to 120. He's not old at 60, and he isn't. But, you know, it, is it a fear of death that makes us want to dis- demote Pluto, who represents death? You know, so that's very interesting what we're talking about, and that's a whole other program, probably not for children. But um, there is right. this sense that as a culture, we don't want to deal with death, and yet we create right. death well, all I over think, the I place. think part. I mean, I think well, that's true. But I think part of um, part of that, you know, one is just the fear of the unknown, but it's two is because at least like this is what I've been thinking when I was looking at my children the other day, like. I want to be living to my hundred, my hundreds because I want to be part of their life. Like I don't want to disconnect from from this life. I mean, yes, the whole attachment thing, and I'm sure when when it comes, I'll do all my prep work and I'll be ready and I'll be all wise and I'll enter it, you know, somewhat gracefully, as graceful as I do things. Um, but you know, it's kind of, and I know even from being on the other other side and in the spirit world that I still will have that connection with my kids and that it's eternal you know i still feel very bonded with my my grandparents and with my ancestors but it's it's just you know and that's it's just a different transformative space to hold a relationship like i i want to see them i want to see my grandkids i want to see my great grandkids if i you know if i should be so blessed you know it's you know for me it's that I'm not afraid of getting old. Like, Melissa and I joke all the time about being, like, these two old bags, you know, two old crabby ladies together, and we're going to be hilarious, and, you know, and it's going to be awesome. That's right. Hilarious and wise, and the children will come to you, and you'll tell them about life. You'll give them the pearls. But, you see, it's different different to say, I want to live to see my great-grandchildren, okay, which, of course, we all want to, and to be afraid of death. And I think as a culture, we don't, like the culture itself doesn't want to die. We don't want to look at our culture and say, oh, my God, there's certain things in here that are just so wrong. We have to get rid of them. And we're seeing that, you know, we're seeing it um, with the you know, with the breakdown of the financial system, and we keep trying to shore it up instead of creating a new financial system. So, you know, in that sense, there's just a real difference between the fear of death and the acceptance of death. And and to me, right. to have the planetarium not put Pluto there at all, you know, just sort of resonates <laughs> so. with we don't even want to look at death. But when you don't look at something, right. it comes back and really smacks you in the face. And as we're afraid of death, we create death, you know? Interesting. So in that sense, I think they should put Pluto back on. So anyway, Sagittarius, once again, the big thing for Sagittarius is to know their truth and to speak their truth. 
Sagittarius's are about being truth speakers. And um, and sometimes they can get very judgmental, but if they can step out of being judgmental and just sort of be brave and speak their truth um, and be inspired to speak their truth in in the, their their place of work, okay, without fear of, oh, they're going to fire me, um, then they'll begin to shape, uh, to reshape the, the corporate culture, if you will, or whatever, wherever they are. Now, Capricorns are the ones who are really coming into, you know, their power now. Pluto is about power, and, it's not, and, and it says, die to your old sense of yourself so that a new sense of yourself can be reborn. And um, back in the 90s, there were a lot of um, planets, three planets came together in Capricorn, and these kids right now are 18. And, um, and they're starting, you know, they're, 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 the, they're the new sort of generation that's coming into the world. And we're going to see a lot of changes when they get into the workforce um, and get to college and get out of college. And they're going to be the ones who carry this new vision of the world forward. But right now, it, Capricorns are going through a real sense of maybe displacement and yet, um, you know, a real sense of um, new possibilities. Right. Okay. And Aquarius, you know, they're, they're the ones who, you know, Aquarius is all about the group, and yet most Aquarians I know can't find their group. Um, because they're so far out there. And the big, I think the big new thing that we have to realize that I found out living here in the desert rather than back east is that we have to work together. That we, it's no longer about, oh, I'm going to do everything on my own, which is very New England and East Coast, very individualistic. In the desert, you have to work together to survive. And what I'm seeing is that, um, is, and it's a very feminine thing, once again, that we have to work together. And so I would say Aquarians need to begin to find their people and begin to work together on a new ideas, find partners, but also groups of people to work with. And um, Tell me and a little bit more about Aquariums because I live with two of them. <laughs> Well, Aquarians can be very judgmental. They live in their heads. My mother has an Aquarian moon, and and one day I said to her, Mom, how did you get two daughters and a granddaughter who love nature? You don't even go outside. And she goes, I love nature. And she's laying on the couch reading. And I said, no, you love the idea of nature. You don't love nature itself. So Aquarians can be quite removed from the things that they believe in. Okay, they believe in it passionately, but it's an ideal to them. It's a thought. Okay, hmm. and and hopefully they have other planets that bring them down to Earth. So, um, so you get someone like Sarah Palin, who is an Aquarian, and she has these fiery great ideas, whether we believe in them or not. She thinks they're great, um, but sometimes she doesn't <laughs> understand the ramifications of the of what she or what she does, okay? And so Aquarians need to learn to come back down to Earth. They've been sort of out there because Neptune has been in their sign for the last 14 years. And so they've been learning more compassion and they've been learning to not be so rigid in their belief systems. Um, But Aquarians, 
like I said, they just need to come down to earth a bit and find their people and learn how to be in a group. Well, well, it also seems for them is to get out of their head and into their heart. Yes. Yeah, like I was saying about my mom, you know, being in nature is more of a heart thing. You go out into nature and your heart responds. Your head, you might be thinking thoughts, but it's through your heart and into your head. And Aquarians tend to live in their heads and live in their ideal heads, not even maybe their real heads. (laughs) Now, Pisces, you're going to, once again, they're going to be resonating because both um, Neptune and Chiron, Chiron is is an asteroid, but we use it in astrology. It's, It's the wounded healer, if you will. Chiron was the centaur who taught the heroes their destiny. And it's been traveling with Neptune, so it's been trying to heal our vision of ourselves and understand that we're all one world. So once again, Pisces are going to be very open. They've had Neptune and Uranus in their sign this past year, and and Neptune and Uranus came together um, the day of the eclipse on on January 4th, and for the last time they've been dancing together. They, They come together and move apart and come together and move apart. And so... Hopefully, in these last years, our spiritual vision is opened and we're beginning to understand that there's many dimensions of life. So Pisces need to step into their power, which is vision and compassion and healing. And they need to, you know, Pisces need to understand and trust their intuition more and maybe um, be, you know, express it through art, through poetry, um, and um, and not be so overwhelmed by everyone, but understand that they are empaths, that they pick up other people's feelings, and so they need to distinguish between who's feeling their feeling and then also create something out of that, either tell people their vision or, un- or say, look, I'm picking up that you're sad, rather than carrying it like a cross and keeping silence. Makes sense? That's very cool. Yeah, no, it's very cool. Um, did we did we finish everyone? Yeah, we started in Aries, last, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, didn't want didn't want to leave anybody out like my planet Neptune. I mean my planet yeah. Pluto. <laughs> but um no, I think I think we're we're really all in for a very interesting year. Um, you know, personally I feel like, you know, this rush to 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 just do you know to produce and put stuff more stuff out there. Um, I started I took on you know a writer's job for my local online community newspaper, which I'm totally excited about. But it's just um, you know those types of things like that. You know any step that we can do that gets us closer to our truest self and our true powerful are pretty powerful steps. So, you know, I think this kind of helps set up the structure of of how to of how to orient ourselves in in you know, on that kind of quest, on that cosmic quest, um, you know, to get to our true selves and to, to kind of bring it into our daily lives, you know. Yes. And everybody out there who are parents with children, you know, to also take a look and, and hold that space for your children of what they might kind of be grappling with for this year so you can you can help guide them and and you know learn from our cancer mother sign. Um yes, so definitely. you know 
I def- so we yeah. need to be examples for our children. That's how they learn. They don't learn by what we tell right. them. We le- they learn by what we do. And as you wow. begin to trust your own creativity and your own passion and you begin to um, create the space for yourself, okay, because parents think, especially mothers think, we have to be there all the time for our children. And um, we don't because what we – what we do then is we show them, um, okay, I have to always be here. I'm open. I'm an open doorway, and anyone can walk in. You have to be able to say sometimes I'm an open doorway and sometimes I'm shutting the door because I'm creating, and there's something I have besides being a mother that's unique about me. And then our children will learn by seeing who we are. And so the more truthful we can become because, you know, Children learn from our shadows, okay? Our shadow is the part of ourselves we don't know. And so as we come to know ourselves and sort of brings our shadows into the light, our, our creativity, our assertiveness, our, our, our righteous anger, if you will, those things are not bad in themselves. It's, it's how we use them. And so when we show our children the fullness of what it means to be a human being, they will become full themselves. They'll step into that. And I am going to leave this show with that thought in people's brain because it also ties and strings in beautifully to the pearls that we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to be talking to some mothers and their and their children who they're taking with them on a charitable mission this weekend to New Orleans and Mississippi. So the whole Wonderful. teaching by and learning from by example and actually walking the walk with your children is so, so powerful, and I'm so, so excited to, to welcome them on the show next week. So thank you, Miss Kathy, for our astrological update. Can you just tell people also where to find you? Yes. You can find me at, um, well, www.wisdom-of-astrology.com or Kathy Pagano, Kathy with a C. Pagano is pagan with an O, P-A-G-A-N-O. If you just Google me, I'm sure that they have a lot of things um, on the Internet. But, um, you know, knowing how you're going to be affected this year always helps because, as I said, these big transitions are happening, and if you know how it's affecting you personally, that always helps. I think it's it's totally crucial to everybody's involvement. And, you know, I just wanted to thank you for coming back on the show. It's always a pleasure to have and to speak with you, Kathy. Kathy thank is you. also available. Yeah, is also on Facebook, so you can find her there, and um, and does regular readings, dream interpretation, and can um, as well as your pers- more personalized astrology readings. You know, both times when when I had my babies, I, she was probably the first person I called, and I gave her all the information so I can have um, have a chart done of my children as well as my husband and I's relationship to our children, and it has helped me. Um, you know, deep, deep in my understanding of my children as well as our connections. So I'm just very, very, very happy, and I absolutely love, love talking to Kathy. And again, just thank you so much for joining us for this hour plus and giving us an overview of what our true cosmic calls are are for this upcoming year in 2011. Okay, thank you. So. 
Yeah, thank you, Kathy. So um, just to close out, a little housekeeping. If you love today's show and want to listen to it again or any of the the past shows, you can go to the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls. You can email me or my co-host is Melissa. I'm at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com or Melissa at mamaspearls.com. You can find our blog postings, both for mine, Mama's Pearls, and Melissa's up at mamaspearls.com. And I just wanted to take a moment. Again, this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your children, enjoy your family, say I love you, and remember to dive to to go truly within yourself will be answering all the cosmic calls. So take this lesson from the stars, bring it home home to your roost, to yourself, to your own soul, and to your children, and they will learn by example to also live in their truest sense of authenticity. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much, Kathy. Bye.